All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Scoreboard, a USC Annenberg Media podcast. And this is a very special basketball-centric episode after the amazing heroics that occurred this weekend on a last-second shot by USC to beat UCLA as history repeated itself. Speaking of history repeating itself, Eli Kleinman is here with us today, our podcaster who is usually on other weeks because he was actually there to cover the game. So we have Eli, Courtney, Tara, and Will with us, and it's going to be a great day. So let's get right into it here. Everyone, I want to hear your reactions to the USC-UCLA basketball game and the incredible shot that happened. But Eli, man, first, tell us what it was like to actually be there in the building for a shot that big with so few people around, and you were one of the only people who got to be there covering the game. It was strange because obviously you would expect to hear something from the crowd, but all you hear was the USC players losing their minds as they rightfully, as rightfully so they should after that shot. I think an interesting thing to that happens with no crowd in that arena is you can hear the play calls coming in from the sideline. You can hear what they're talking about as they're trying to get that ball inbounded, which means that both teams can hear it, right? Not just USC can hear it and UCLA can hear it as well. And what I think is maybe important about that is that shot was not exactly the best drawn up play. And I understand that was not maybe the first option play, but I mean, if Tajidi misses that shot, we're talking about how is that the inbound play that you have with three seconds to go. So I think not having a crowd and the lack of fans in the arena certainly made a difference in, in possibly even for Tajidi making that shot. But it was a very strange and surreal moment because, you know, usually you hear roars, you hear silence, but with people still there and there was just no one there to make any noise. That, that's really cool to hear about that being there. Everyone else, what's, what's your take? What's your reaction on this massive shot and game from USC? It was absolutely insane. Um, I was mentioning earlier that I did not actually get to see the game live, but when I was watching the highlights, oh my gosh, my mind was blown. I didn't even know that they were down by, I think, 13 points in the first half. And so kind of seeing that after it all happened made me really sad that I didn't get to watch it. But I'm... It was just so insane. Yeah, it was a heck of a shot. I mean, corner three, you're backing up. I mean, basically parallel to the backboard at that point. Uh, that's about as difficult a shot as you're going to see made in, in college. And, well, I guess that proves the month of March is here, right? Because that's, I mean, that's the name of the game down late in the season and, and into tournament time. So if that's the sort of late game heroics you're getting from the USC Trojans, you have to feel good if you're a fan. Yeah, um... I also think I, I also didn't watch the game. Um, I watched a few highlights and um, I definitely took away that it was it was an amazing shot by uh, Taj Edey, um within the one second buzzer play and I think that you know they pulled it off um, down to the wire victory and so it was such like an amazing game to watch um, um, watching the highlights and so. So, yeah, it was great. Absolutely. Those are great takes all around here. And, you know, that when you hit a shot like that, 
Will mentioned it's the month of March. It, it's like that one shining moment thing, and we're we're not even into the tournament yet. So that was simply spectacular and really incredible. But we are in the month of March. The tournament is here. It, it the Pac-12 tournament is, is about to start. So everyone, I want to hear what are you guys thinking going into this tournament that's coming up. And, you know, what USC can do and particularly, you know, who their first matchup might be and either way, what might happen in that matchup? What can they do to get their best results and make it all the way? Well, let me look backwards real quick. I'm looking at this, uh, Eli, you talked about sort of the logistics of that final play. And I think it's very interesting to consider that when you're talking about a tournament because you're talking about very short spans between games and every single team that's playing USC with limited time to prepare is going to think, okay, we're dedicating all our resources to how we can stop Evan Mobley. And that was UCLA's strategy on that final play on the shot from Edie. The play for USC, the design play, was not to have that three in the corner. They wanted to go down low to Mobley and hit the layup. Multiple players were talking about that in the postgame press conference and play for overtime. So it's going to be very important when that's the focus of these other teams down the stretch that there are guys around Evan Mobley who are going to be able to hit big shots. And that's the sort of thing that has a fan feeling very optimistic yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Will. Like, I think, you know, it was not, I mean, obviously it was not the design play. The design play was a lob to Mobley. I think it should be a cause for concern that if you can't get your initial plan, you have a fadeaway three from the corner. Like Will said, that is one of the hardest shots to make. Not exactly a shot you want when you're down just two points with three seconds to go. You want something that can get you an open look. Shoot. More importantly, uh, there is concern for USC moving forward just as a team. They were down 13 in this game at one point. And I'm not sure if the TV broadcast picked this up, but during one of the TV timeouts, I think 12, at the 12-minute TV timeout in the first half, Coach Capco, the assistant coach, was yelling his head off at this team. I mean, so loud that all the media could hear it all the way across the court. I mean, there was no fire in them. They were down 13 early, and sure, they came back. But I think, I mean, it's been a cause for concern because it's the same problems they faced against Utah and Colorado. They're not going away, and Arizona. They're not exactly going away. So I think, you know, we'll see if this game changes some of that. The Stanford game was certainly impressive, but there is almost at times just a lack of intensity from this team but that sense of urgency I think is what brought them back right I I understand there's so many problems that have to be discussed with how this game started I mean they were I think four for 16 on like three pointers that's not where the team wants to be but because they were able to get that urgency and that fire in them before you know that clock hits zero I think that's something that is making me optimistic for March Madness. Yeah, I also think that their momentum and persistence um, throughout the game and throughout um, the Pac-12 uh, tournament and March Madness, I think that they can um, they can set their expectations high as well as performing with the right mixture of urgency and precision, um, which would define a winning basketball team just like USC. So. But I think I'll point out one more thing. I mean, you talk about Eli, the the tale of two teams, and Terry, you mentioned it as well. And you're absolutely right. It was it was sort of two performances in different halves. 
But, I mean, if you want to, again, if you want to take a more optimistic angle here, yes, USC didn't shoot great from the three-point line, but four of those three-pointers came in, all four of the three-pointers came in the second half. Three of them came in the final five minutes. Drew Peterson hit some huge shots. Uh, he was relatively efficient from the floor. So they did pick it up late. They they were able to uh, make some clutch baskets down the stretch. So there there is reason to feel that they can get it done in crunch time. Absolutely. You know, I think that there there is reason to look up, especially I understand the cause for concern, but at the same time, no matter how the win comes, the great teams find a way to win those types of games at any and all costs. You can take any look at it. It's the same, you know, uh, Paul George when Damian Lillard hit the shot, basically ended the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise. Uh, Damian Lillard is from SoCal. Basically, he said that was a bad shot, and, and it was, but they still won the series. And so that's a little bit of what I take out of it here. I also really like the fact that Evan Mobley was just looking so good on the plays where he did score in that game. The footwork to get inside like that, his size, how he can spot up from anywhere on the floor. I mean, it, it's just scary. Uh, as far as the NBA is concerned when he gets there, it really is scary. And I think teams should be worried right now. But very nice plays all around from, from Ethan Anderson as well, from Taj Eady throughout the game. And I think USC is looking pretty strong heading into this. Guys, who do we think USC will be facing in the first game of the tournament? I think it'll be Utah. I think Utah's a better team than Nevada. And I think they also create a very, very interesting first round or second round matchup, first round matchup for USC. Uh, so obviously Utah took down USC a couple uh, weeks ago, 71-61. USC did not shoot the ball efficiently, but Utah's an interesting team to me because they have a very unique style of play. They're very slow-paced on both sides of the ball. They've taken the fewest shots in the Pac-12. They've given up the fewest shot attempts in the Pac-12. So even though teams shoot relatively well against them, they still rank pretty high in terms of total defensive ranking. So the name of the game in that potential matchup will be efficiency from the floor for USC. They didn't get it in the uh, most recent matchup, but they're also fourth in the Pac-12 in total shooting percentage. So if they look more like that team, uh, they should be well-equipped for a game against Utah. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I think it is Utah. I think Utah is better than Washington, and so that's who the Trojans will face heading in, in the quarterfinals with a trip to the semis on the line. Well, one thing I want to point out as well, you mentioned Evan Mobley. As good as Evan Mobley is, he's the best player. I don't actually think at this point he's the person you want to get the ball to at the end of the game, and I don't say that just because of the one shot that happened against UCLA, but Tajidi has hit a couple big shots at the end of the games, he tied the game against Cal Baptist in the season opener. And Evan Mobley hasn't looked great at the end of the games. They tried to get him the ball to, at the end of the game against Oregon State. They actually got him the ball. And what did he do? He passed it back out. I don't. I think it's for as good of a player as he is, I'm not sure he's the guy you actually want with the ball in his hands in the final seconds if it's a close game. I think you probably want it in Taj Edie's hands and maybe another guard like Drew Peterson if Edie is double-teamed or can't get the ball. I agree. I think USC has some really good options, and we're lucky that you know when Evan Mobley is double-teamed or he just can't get the ball, like we have better options to give the ball to, obviously, as seen in this UCLA game. 
Um, I also agree. I think uh, USC will definitely be against Utah um, in the first game um, because Utah, I think that Utah is a very interesting team um, and they are a better team than Washington. And so I think that, you know, Utah is also very good um, with their playmaking skills and um, on their defensive end, which will definitely give um, USC a run for its its game and money. And so um, I definitely can see <clears throat> USC and Utah um, going against each other in the tournament. So Absolutely, and th- that would be a good matchup. But USC is going to need to be very efficient offensively to pull out the win there. And uh, there, there, are, there is cause for concern, for sure. I think that Evan Mobley will be clutch. I'm just not sure if it's going to be in those college years yet because he, he hasn't – that's the one thing that's missing from his resume at this point. And he needs to not be passing the ball in those situations to become a clutch player. But we're heading into March. And so we might need to hand the ball – USC might need to hand the ball off to Tajidi and have him make the clutch shots. But I still think there's a nut options there. Drew Peterson was mentioned. Phenomenal, phenomenal option. And so I think USC has some pretty good stuff heading in. So with that being said, let's just say hypothetically here, USC, they're the number two seed. And so they get a first round buy. Now, Oregon also gets a first round buy. But UCLA is looking pretty nice, especially from what they showed us this weekend. Let's just say, hypothetically, USC is making it to the final of the Pac-12 tournament. And let's just say, hypothetically, they're matched up against UCLA again. UCLA, they hit a buzzer-beating shot against them last year. They hit the game-winning shot this year. This matchup, it just seems potentially destined to happen. What can USC do if they are faced with UCLA again to win that game and feel free to throw in some thoughts on what they can do on Utah as well? Well, first and foremost, Skylar, if you're talking about a UCLA game, they got to hit free throws. They shot 10 of 20 in the UCLA game. That's just not good enough. They're the worst team in the Pac-12. They're shooting below 65% at the free throw line. I'm, I'm sorry, in, in those... In those tight, competitive games where it's all on the line, those charity shots are going to matter. And USC would do themselves a very, very big favor if they got to the gym and worked on that pretty much nonstop whenever they have free time. You said they have a first-round bye. Uh, if, you, if you make it more difficult for teams to want to foul guys like Mobley, then that could be a complete game-changer for what this offense can produce. I completely agree. I think the free throws was just something that I saw later on when I was reviewing highlights, and it it looks so bad. These are, as you were saying, Will, free points, and that's not something that USC can be giving up, especially, yeah, when you have players that might be getting fouled at the end of the game. Like, that is something that the team, I think, can fix pretty quickly. Um, and so, yeah, they should definitely take this time in their bye week to – kind of work on their free throws um, as well as their down-the-line shots, like the three-pointers. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's not about, like, scoring points. I think it's about creating good offense. And so, you know, Evan Mobley doesn't have to, like, score, like, 25 points to make a difference. Um, If he collects, like, 10 assists um, because he is setting up good shots for teammates, that's, you know, more than enough um, against UCLA. So I think that... 
um, UFC's problem against um, like any type of game isn't that like Evan Mobley can't score in bunches, but like it is that you know the Trojans haven't used Mobley um, in ways um, which can create good looks for the team's offense, and so I think utilizing their offense will make a huge difference. Well, while all those things are true, I think the biggest thing is three point shooting. I mean, it's been the biggest struggle they've had all season when they're on. They look like one of the best teams in the country, much less the conference. I mean, look what they did to Oregon in the first half when they almost couldn't miss a three-point shot versus look what they did against Utah and Colorado when they really couldn't make one. And and for the most of the first half against UCLA, I mean, they couldn't make one either. It's it's just that thing. It's the one part of their game that just it is either on or it's off. And when it's off, they really look like a team that could take a first-round exit in the Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. But when it's on, like I said, they look like they can make a run to the Final Four. So it really does come down to three-point shooting. And that's actually something Andy Enfield mentioned in his post-game press conference was three-point shooting and free throws, but specifically the need to actually hit three-point shots, especially when they're open. Yeah, I get that. The other thing I'll point out here is the reality is the identity of the USC team that isn't so hot and cold. When they're when they're playing really well, what you want to see from them is that they're going to dominate in the paint. You look at the UCLA game, I think that's the best you see, uh, you're going to see of Evan Mobley down there shooting above five uh shooting above 50% from the field, 11 rebounds, 3 blocks, presence on both sides of the ball down low. USC outscored UCLA 32-26 in the paint. They at re, uh, excuse me, 34-26, out-rebounded them 32 to 26. If the three-point shooting is not falling, you can't just throw your hands up and say, "Okay, we're a first-round exit." You got to make your money down low and Trust me, they have the personnel to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, those are incredible points by everyone, really, as far as, yeah, you got to make your free throws, they're free. You, you got to make them. For, for real, like, they have to step it up there, and then we wouldn't have been in that situation. But again, I, I think it's a good thing that we're able to pull out of that situation. Uh, they also do need to get their three-point shooting on track for this if they want to win the Pac-12 tournament and have a say in it. And so, guys, we're, we're almost out of time, but I want to go for a quick round table here, quick prediction, and look, we've been talking about him a lot, so I'll, I'll start off. I have to say, based on everything I've seen, based on the fact that they're number two, I do think USC will win the Pac-12 tournament. I do think that they have the best player as far as Evan Mobley. And I do think that this team has the right personnel around them to score from everywhere on the floor, to defend from everywhere on the floor and pass from everywhere on the floor. It just, it's all going to need to come together. Yeah, the one team that worries me is uh, Colorado. They're ranked above USC in the overall AP rankings this week. They have been for a while now. They're uh, one of the hottest teams in the Pac-12 with four wins in a row. And they seem to have USC's number a bit. So that's the game I think they're most likely to drop on Friday, March 12th. But if they get past this game, I do think they're the tournament favorites. I want to agree with Skylar on this. I want to see them go all the way and win it. Um, As we saw, they weren't too hot on three-pointers or just hot at all against UCLA, and they still came out with a win. And, of course, it's not like UCLA is, you know, one of the best teams. But I think seeing how bad USC could be and still winning the game is something that makes me excited. 
Will brings up an excellent point with Colorado. They've lost six straight to Colorado, in fact. Over the last three seasons, they have yet to pick up a win against the Buffalo. So that is probably the most obvious team to be worried about. I think Oregon's another team to be quite worried about. They the, Their only loss recently was to USC. Sure, and it was a bad loss, but... It was one bad half, and in the second half, we saw a very different Oregon team play a USC team that looked like they could lose to Oregon. I mean, quite easily, frankly. So I think that's a team that could that many people might overlook because of the result in the first game, but I don't think they should because Oregon has a lot of veteran experience, a lot of shooters, and a team that could just really give USC trouble with their length. Wow. Um, I also believe that USC could definitely win the Pac-12 tournament. Um, Of course, USC has a lot to work on um, in regards to free throws and their offense, but I could see USC performing at a very, at a very high level at the end of this. So, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think that there's some really great point raised there. Oregon is, is going to give them some trouble. Uh, that would be my biggest worry. However, basketball is a star-driven sport. And at the end of the day, all the personnel, everything, they have Evan Mobley. And I think if he can step up to the plate, they can go all the way. But that is all the time that we have for today. So thank you, everyone, for checking out the scoreboard.